What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day smart metabolic burn by brain md can kickstart your metabolism fight stubborn body fat especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey right now save over 30 percent on smart metabolic burn at getsmartburn.com the lowest price anywhere that's getsmartburn.com don't delay transform your life with smart metabolic burn from brain md these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration our products are not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease right here right now find your beautiful new floor at right rug flooring choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee visit rightrug.com that's r-i-t-e-r-u-g.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you 24-month financing is available with approved credit for 90 years we've been right here right now Right Rug Flooring. It's Tuesday, August 11th. I'm Oscar Ramirez from the Daily Dive podcast in Los Angeles, and this is Reopening America. The problem with making decisions about kids going back to school is that the research takes time to conduct, and when it comes to children and the virus, there is still so much that remains unknown. A recent report found that more than 97,000 children tested positive in the last two weeks of July. And while they can contract and spread the virus, the question is to what extent? In the few schools that have reopened, we are seeing pictures of students not wearing masks and hearing about outbreaks as well. Chelsea Janes, national reporter at the Washington Post, joins us for the limited research on children and coronavirus. Thanks for joining us, Chelsea. Thank you for having me. There's a lot of schools that are starting to reopen right now. Many of them are doing either hybrid or strictly online learning to start the year off. But there are a lot of schools out there that are also doing in school learning, just like normal kids reporting to school. We've heard a lot of different stories, and we'll get into some of those. But one of the things that's been so confusing about all this is that some of the research, the limited research that we've done with children and the virus seems to be all over the place. But we do have some numbers. The American Academy of Pediatrics and the Children's Hospital Association just had a report out that said more than 97,000 U.S. children tested positive for coronavirus in the last two weeks of July, this is about 300, almost 340,000 cases reported in children since the dawn of the pandemic. So children are capable of getting the virus. And the big question is, is does it transmit? So Chelsea, tell us a little bit about what we know with children and the virus. You're absolutely right. The big question is, do they transmit it? And if they do, are they transmitting it at the same rate as adults? 
because as we've all heard over and over, obviously adults can spread it when they're in close quarters. So if children can do the same, then schools are going to be a little bit of a nightmare. The data that was released this week suggests that, like you said, more than a quarter of the cases that we've seen in children since this all started came in the last two weeks of July, which obviously raises a little bit of alarm for people as they're thinking about schools reopening. Why are kids getting this so much now when they weren't before? And and the early verdict seems to be a little bit of we don't know and a little bit of people thinking there's just more testing going on. You know, if we remember early in the pandemic, all those (laughs) months ago, it seemed like you were getting tested really only if you had symptoms or you were already in the hospital trying to figure out what was going on. So while that's still true in some places, it's not quite as widespread. I think you're able to get sort of more testing in many places. And a lot of people are probably taking their children before going back to school. Part of the answer is probably that there's just more testing going on. But the question, like you said, remains what happens when these kids do get it? Because by and large, they're not getting as severe cases as adults, and often they're asymptomatic. So that would seem to suggest they're at less risk, but they could spread it. There are children who get very ill. So it's just a lot of speculation at this point with, you know, a few more numbers kind of being added to the pile every day. That does seem to be the consensus. The general consensus is that kids do not get it as seriously as adults, which is, I mean, if you want to call it the silver lining, that's the silver lining. They're not getting it as bad. There are cases where kids do have to be hospitalized and all that, but still, as we've been saying, the transmitter factor is what's important because then you call into question, you know, the status of teachers and other people that could be vulnerable that are working with the kids. That's where everybody really wants to nail it down there. And let's take a look at a little bit of the research, because as I mentioned earlier, too, it's all over the place. One batch of research says this, one batch of research says that. But the evidence does suggest that the coronavirus does affect younger children differently than older children, still in the child category, you know, under 18. The older you get, obviously, it just starts hitting you differently. That seems to be what people are finding out now. Yeah. And there might be a couple of reasons for that. Again, one of the the big theories of why we're seeing a lot more cases in teenagers, which we are, one of the theories is they're just the ones that are out and about now. Older adults have heard that they're at risk. They're staying home. You know, it's summertime and that's sort of the genre of person that's getting restless and going out and saying, I'm probably not at great risk. And for a lot of teenagers, that is probably true. So they might just be out and about more, which could account for the fact that we're seeing them represent a greater percentage of infections. But what we have seen in older children is that they can have more severe outcomes in some cases than younger children. And what I think people are trying to figure out is whether that's just sort of, you know, a quirk of the data right now, or if that is actually representing a pattern that tells us something. But there does seem to be a difference in how the age groups are affected. And more and more lately, we're seeing that sort of older teenagers hit getting the virus the way that adults get it, as opposed to the way that younger children get it, and therefore having more severe experiences. In very young children, though, there have been a couple studies, and one of the studies said that children younger than five with mild to moderate cases of COVID-19, they had higher levels of the virus in their upper respiratory tract and their noses and all. And then the more extreme examples that we've heard of kids coming down with this multi-system inflammatory syndrome, they said it's similar to Kawasaki disease. So Mm -hmm. these are kind of some more of the extreme examples still illustrating that a young child can get some severe reactions to this. The multi-system inflammatory syndrome is super rare. I mean, even, you know, kids get COVID a lot less than adults. And even in that subset, this syndrome is really rare. But when it hits, it can be pretty devastating. And, and there have been deaths and 
in some kids, they're presenting with actual cardiac damage already just from this syndrome, which is rare in children. So it can be pretty severe. And and there's been a lot of kids who've had to deal with a a lot of time in the ICU because of that. And then there are kids who just get COVID and it really whacks them. But again, the numbers on that remain really small, which I think is encouraging. But by and large, so far, kids are having much less extreme experiences. But unfortunately, one of the things that we are seeing is that Hispanic children and Black children are having to go to the hospital a lot more than white kids with COVID. And that's something we're seeing in adults too. But it's scary that those disparities are sort of trickling down and obviously has implications for schools and stuff like that. You know, the big problem is that research to this effect takes so much time and we're going through the pandemic as we're going. So any new little sliver of something comes out, but that doesn't necessarily make it definitive. So it's so hard to create public policy around those things. It does seem like it is relatively safe for schools to reopen. They have to take those proper precautions Kids should probably be wearing masks and they probably should try to social distance. But let's talk about a few examples of things we've seen already. We've heard about stories out of Georgia, schools near Atlanta with crowded hallways of some kids wearing masks, other kids not wearing masks. There was another school where I guess a parent took a picture of about 80 students. None of them were wearing masks. You know, and then there's some other cases of overnight camps where kids got sick too. tell us. Let's talk about some of those. Yeah, I mean, one of the most high-profile ones right now is, is North Paulding High School in Georgia, where you know a student took a picture of crowded hallways, and a few days later, the school announced that it's going to have to shut down for the first two days of the week to clean because they've had nine COVID cases. And I think that, along with that other high school you mentioned, basically, we're just seeing a lot of pictures of teenagers not wearing masks and being in schools where they're crowded in hallways like you would expect. And it seems so far that the outcome is also what we'd expect, which is that so far there's not any stories of horrible, severe cases, but there are enough cases popping up in those places that those schools are having to shut down. They're having to clean. It is interrupting their schedule. And I think that that is more of what you're going to see as this goes along, is that it's not going to necessarily be, knock on wood, that you're having these devastating outbreaks. What you might see is that you're going to have a dozen or so kids test positive, and suddenly everyone's going to have to quarantine And, you know, you're going to just have to kind of slow things down. So I think what we're seeing early on is probably a sign of things to come, not necessarily in that there's this incredible danger to every student, but just that it's going to be sort of a herky-jerky process to keep schools open. And there's probably going to be a lot of time spent doing remote learning. I totally echo that sentiment, that disruption in the rhythm of the school flow is probably going to be what's most damaging to these kids' education, right? This is kind of the second crack at that stay-at-home learning, this distance learning, but we know that a lot of school districts couldn't handle it the first time around. So will all of those things have been fixed? I'm willing to bet in a lot of places, not completely. So this is going to be that thing. Back and forth is what's going to be pretty damaging for them. So hopefully, I mean, everybody works it out, but this is what we're looking forward to kind of see how it plays out. Yeah, definitely. And and you mentioned there was the story of a camp in Georgia too that had I think 260 positive tests. And again, we haven't heard what happened after that. There's no indication that there are any severe cases. There's no evidence that there wasn't. But if the disruption in schools isn't sort of enough to worry you, I think the thing you start to be concerned about is what happens when those kids do go home and quarantine? Are they bringing it home to their families? And that's the question that we don't know the answer to yet. But I guess we're sort of unfortunately well positioned to find out. (laughs) Chelsea Janes, national reporter at The Washington Post. Thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. 
I'm Oscar Ramirez, and this has been Reopening America. Don't forget that for today's big news stories, you can check me out on the Daily Dive podcast every Monday through Friday. So follow us on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcast. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.